0: This summit, I have lost my brothers, my friends, my uncle, my adjutant, and my mentor. I am heartbroken. And so I have embraced the living flame. He will not soothe my sorrow, but emblazon my passion. My passion to kill the Druge and take back the empire once more. Zenith shall be free. I dedicate my orders to them, and I dedicate it to the passion that I pass unto you, my sky, that we will use to slaughter them all. We will plant flowers in their miasma, and eradicate all evidence of their livery. I am the star of semahome and these are my orders. Bring death to the Druge. Dame Aurum de Castellan, General of the Eastern Sky. Welcome dear listeners. My name is Ben Shattersall, former captain of the Bloody Hands Mercenary Company and today we're going to be talking about the fire on fire wind of war. Welcome to Zenith kid. Hope you haven't got uh, anyone at home waiting for you because you're probably not coming back. There is good news in this wind of war. It is positive. The Empire is winning and a load of druge are dead. Can't really complain about that. As with the other Winds of Fortune and Winds of War episodes, uh, I haven't read this yet. So I will drop in tidbits of interesting information as we go through and hopefully it's relevant. It probably isn't accurate, but it might feel relevant. And uh, when you run across some of your fellow druge despising chums, you can talk about it but anyway let's start with a cloak of shadows in the run-up to the autumn equinox the empire snapped closed a trap around the neck of the druge forces in zenith a force of imperial soldiers led by the hounds of glory conquered the shadow haunted forests of lustry cutting the orc armies off from the Malum. seven druge armies Trapped in Proceris and Accursion, they panicked. Not used to being trapped themselves, much more experienced at being the one closing the trap, they sought to escape. Their best hope, the territory, leaving the territory with their miserable lives, was a powerful night magic enchantment that would allow their warriors to slip the noose closing around them. During the Equinox, the heroes of the Empire poured through the Sentinel Gate to the Glade of Night in Occursion. Their purpose was to thwart the desperate magic that the Druge were working. The heroes were victorious, and the battle magicians of the tainted Basilisk and their allies amongst the Gulai of Sarangrave were scattered, but not before they had managed to enchant four of the seven Druze generals brought to bay in Zenith. Half the Druze armies were left unprotected from the wrath of the Empire. Almost immediately, the Druze tried to flee north to Sarangrave. In addition to the strategic mastery that had them trapped in Zenith, the Citadel Guard had woven a gossamer thin, steel strong strand of magic around them shackling their movement and ensuring that even those who made it through the suddenly hostile forests of Lustry would not be able to venture further than the Saren grave. The furious knights of the eastern sky and the brutal warriors of the Golden Axe held fast in Lustry. They made the Druj pay for their desperate action. The woods are lonely, dark and deep, and made doubly dangerous by the magic of imperial magicians. The Druge made great use of the wards and shrouds that turned the land against interlopers. For a change, it was the orcs of the Malum forced to contend with the anger of the forests. The forest itself worked against the Druge, frustrating their attempts to flee and offering protection to the imperial soldiers fighting amongst the angry trees. It is difficult to say for certain how many orcs fell beneath those heavy bows. Even those four armies, protected by their coward shroud, the Tainted Basilisk themselves, the Red Lizard, the Hidden Widow and the Deadly Blade, all felt the sting of Imperial Blade. Those armies without that arcane protection, the Arrow Viper, the Hidden Snake and the Poison Blade, paid an incalculable price and blood, with thousands slaughtered, trying to flee across the borders into the Malum. The tally is incomplete, but by a rough estimation, perhaps as many as 4,000 druge have died despite their protections. Most of their bodies still lie where they fell, rotting among the roots of the ancient trees of lustry. 4,000 dead orcs is, well, it's almost an imperial army in size of 5,000. But what's more, these will be distributed across those other armies, and uh, if you weren't aware, after an army, or at least an imperial army, and we can assume that uh, the barbarian armies operate in loosely the same way, if they take so many casualties that they are degraded to uh, such weakness that they cannot go on, army will simply just disband. We do not need to kill every last Orc in a legion to deal with them. You only need to kill enough to make the rest run away. So 4,000 Orcs is not quite an army, but I imagine that in reality, those four armies that try to escape are now out of commission, either forever or for a long, long time. But... Let's follow up those 4,000 dead druge with a furious blade. The armies may have fled, but the, za- the battle for Zenith, not the battle for Benith, was by no means over. Dark magic still infused the marshes of War Warbands of roving orcs and tormented souls still remained, eager to keep their grip on the lands they had conquered. The Dornish soldiers of the Hounds of Glory lead the charge to purge the druge from Zenith. Supported by the clear eyes of the Citadel guard and heedless of the cost, they smash against the Druze remaining in Preseris, breaking through the mystical defences there by force, as much as by force of will. The fighting is bitter, but there is little doubt as to who will be the victor. The marshes of Preseris fall in short order, and after them the mountains of Occursion. The last of the shattered spires that still linger in the heights of Zenith are freed from the grasp of the Druj at last. A banner of flame leads with the influence of the Highborn Assembly and with the seventh wave and the granite pillar taking the lead. The focus in Zenith lies not in punishing the fleeing druge, although make no mistake, the Dornish and Vrushkans ensure they pay a heavy price for their, their misdeeds. Rather, the emphasis for High guard lies on reducing the damage they do to Zenith as they leave. The Empire has seen the spite of the Druze before, in Holberg and Rikos in particular. What they cannot control, they will often destroy. They have wrought a great deal of destruction in Zenith already. And nobody wants to see them reek anymore. The first target are the tormented souls. While some have already been laid to rest, many more remain to terrorize those who have survived the Druge occupation. Created during the Winster solstice last year, most are forged from the spirits of high-born and arisen soldiers captured by the Druge. It seems the orcs intend them to remain behind, to seed Seneth with despair or to distract the Imperial armies from pursuing them into Sarangrave. The vigilance of the Highborn encourages priests accompanying all the Imperial armies in Zenith to turn their attention to the task of freeing these unliving thralls from their bondage. Letting them pass at last beyond life into the labyrinth. There are several pitched engagements. There are perhaps as many as a hundred tormented souls in Zenith, each one a match for many Imperial soldiers. They need to be rooted out, defeated and exorcised. So uh, for these tormented souls, think of them as demon hosts, if we're going to use more 40k analogies or indeed any other possessed body from any, uh, I guess, pretty much any arm of fiction. The, uh, the issue here is that not only was, well, was this a former or uh Sentinel or Dornish Knight already a formidable opponent, uh, they are swelled in power, stature and sheer strength by these souls that possess their corpses, making them extremely difficult to deal with and uh, a great danger to those forces moving through Zenith itself. The fact there's a hundred of these things makes life a lot worse. But good thing the, uh, the Dawnish Light Glory and the High Guard have a lot of priests with them. In the end, while not every tormented soul is dealt with, the vast majority are freed. The ones who remain are forced into hiding in the wastes between the spires, forced to lie low and lick their wounds. They may present individual threats in the future, but that will be a concern for imperial heroes, rather than armies. Awesome, this means us, skirmish against these, will be wicked. Make some Dornish and uh, High God friends now, or pick up uh, Exorcism as a priest, and yeah, get yourself out and get rid of some demony boys. <coughs> then... There are the druid warbands who do not attempt to flee Zenith, but rather dig in like ticks. The Orcs of the Malum love to leave guerrillas and assassins behind, waiting in the wild places for the Empire to drop its guard, so they can emerge without warning to raid and kill. Most recently, the Empire has seen the threat of these left-behind warriors in Ossium, where their presence ensures that even with the armies driven away, the defenders cannot rest easy. Vigilance triumphs over the malice of the Druge. The scouts of the Granite Pillar are particularly adept at locating guerrilla camps and the orcs attempt to establish in the far reaches of Lustry, in the caves beneath the Cursion and in the ruins of Braceris. Methodically, they work locating these lingering druge, surrounding their camps and putting an end to them. There are still scattered bands of druge in zedek even the most vigilant cannot hope to trap all of them. for they are too busy looking to their own survival to think about presenting a large scale threat. Finally, there are the miasma pillars, several of which still remain in the Eastern territory. Until they are dealt with, Zenith will still labour under the stifling atmosphere of despair and terror that the druge eventually weave over every land they conquer. Scouts, from the 7th wave in particular, are hard at work locating the pillars that anchor the miasma. They will also likely be places where remaining Druze will gather, seeking to take advantage of the aura that surrounds them. At least... At the very least, this will make them easier to find, as one highborn and conquered says with grim humour. Beyond this hunt, a wild hunt you could say, we do have a ruined land. And between the fleeing Druze armies and the forces remaining behind to slow the liberation of Zenith, some Imperial soldiers fell and will not rise again. Zenith is freed, but in some ways the battle is only half over. The territory has been devastated by the druge. Even as they invaded, they burned and broke anything that they could not use. And during the occupation, they ripped every shred of profit from our dear lands that they could. Forcing the conquered Urazeni to work themselves to death to provide them with magical materials, crystal manor and more. Over the last year, as the Empire has fought to drive them out, the tainted Basilisk has desperately looted every magical resource they could get their hands on. Much of the population still lives, albeit in exile, thanks to the actions of Imperial heroes. Some will be eager to take back their homes, but they will return to a land of shattered spires. Many have begun to establish new lives for themselves in the morrow and in redoubt. And even in Highguard. Some may have a little interest in coming back to see what the orcs have made of their once-beautiful halls, and others may need reassurance that the Druge will not return as quickly as they fled. Presarius, in particular is now a stinking swamp, still poisoned with Druge malice, home to swarms of savage, venomous bog octopuses from the sarin grave, and the great farms that once fed spires across Urizen are no more. Rebuilding them would represent a colossal undertaking. Rebuilding Zenith will be no small task, and the Synod and the Senate alike are exploring how best to restore Imperial rule in Zenith. The Irizim will no doubt have their own ideas on how the scars of the Druge occupation might be alleviated. Yet while magic is potent, there are limits to what it can achieve. The marshes of Prasarys are not going to go away anytime soon. The memory of the Druge occupation will linger for generations, and the fear that they might return one night when the defenders of Zenith have become complacent. For now, though, Zenith is secure. So this, this brings to an end um, a, a multi-year loop with the, the battle in Urizen. Uh, you know, as many as even pre, pre-COVID, pre a few years pre-COVID, uh, the awakening of the Black Plateau was a major event, a part of this war. As the, uh, as the Druze stormed down and basically threatened the existence of Urizen itself, there's been multiple occasions where the Citadel Guard, uh, the only Urizeny army, has been under threat of disbanding. Simply because Urizen had so little territory left, they couldn't support an army. So the uh, luckily the marchers stepped in with their, uh, well, food, <laughs> and uh, helped out on the logistics side of things and propped them up. But uh, it came at a quite a steep cost, but luckily the master plan, and I'm afraid I do not know which... Clutch of generals were behind this, the, the master plan to trap the Druj in their own invasion and batter the fuck out of them has gone very well. Maybe we'll see a repeat of this as we look towards the Aphoden and rooting the Jotun out from there. But until then, if you're from Zenith dear citizen, sleep safe, sleep soundly, but do not sleep deeply. There are dark things in the woods and not all of them are going to stay there.